Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job, and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. What is up? Welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, episode number one. As the uh, awesome-sounding guy a couple seconds ago said, I'm Thomas Frank, the host of this podcast, and I'm also the founder and blogger over at collegeinfogeek.com. And what I base my entire life around is helping students just basically make their college experience awesome and achieve their goals. That's what I do. So in order to further that goal, I decided to start a podcast, and this is the first episode. So... Let's get into a little bit about uh, what this podcast is going to entail, things I'm going to cover, and good stuff like that. All right, so this podcast is going to delve into all aspects of college, everything that I think you need to know to be awesome at college, get the job you want, maybe even start a company, pay off your debt, hack learning, just basically make it awesome. Everything that I cover on the blog, um, I'm going to try to pull from those topics and talk about whatever seems like the right topic um, whenever I make a podcast. So let's get into it. Um, Let's talk a little bit first about why I decided to make a podcast and add, you know, add this to my, my blogging activities. So one, I just think this would be a really cool addition to the site. Um, The blogging content is great. I'm sure people love to read stuff, love to watch videos sometimes, but having audio content is another offering that I think uh, people are going to like. And I myself love listening to podcasts. Whenever I go running or whenever I have a long drive ahead of me, I always hook in my podcast and put on like Smart Passive Income from Pat Flynn, or I'll put on uh, Srinivas Rao's Blogcast FM and listen to the interviews that he does with lots of crazy business people. And I love them. So I figured this would be a great addition for students who also love audio content. And there we go. So another reason is I want you to be able to focus on learning one thing really well. Um, one of the biggest problems we have today is that we're just inundated with so much information coming at us from all sorts of different angles all the time. And when you're sitting home on your computer or sitting in class on your laptop, you probably got four or five tabs open on your browser. I probably have 15 or 16 myself. And you're just trying to sift through so much information and you end up getting distracted Well, the cool thing about a podcast is you really only can listen to one thing at a time before it starts to very obviously sound like scrambled crap. So if you want to learn something and you have it in audio format, you kind of have to focus on it. If you don't, you're just, you're, it's going to be very obvious that you're not taking in the information. Um, This is why you go to class because professors know if they're speaking, you should at least be paying attention. So that's another reason. And finally, Um, One of my biggest goals in life is to be good at public speaking and to get over whatever fear of speaking that remains in my life, I think starting a podcast will help me step up and uh, face those challenges. Because if I can't speak to a mic in my room, then what am I doing trying to get on a stage? And, uh, you know, pro tip, if you are also trying 
to learn how to be a good public speaker, starting your own podcast or doing some sort of audio content on your own time is a really good way to learn that. So anyway, let's talk about frequency. I don't really have a frequency plan for this podcast. You know, some people do their podcasts every week. Some people do them three times a week. Some people are just constantly speaking to the microphone, but I'm a busy guy. You know, I still am in college. I've got 12 credits, which doesn't sound like a lot to most of you, but I do have 12 credits and it's a good amount of work for me. And I've also got my written content on the blog, all the new features I'm coding in my spare time, staying up till 3 a.m. And uh, learning a new language is something I'm doing as well. So I can't really guarantee that this is going to be out all the time, every single week. I want to make this podcast insanely useful for you. have lots and lots of actionable tips and awesome strategies for all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to put a lot of time into researching stuff and, you know, building my formatted show notes and all that kind of stuff. So when you actually get an episode in your hands on your iPod, it's going to be great. Not going to skimp on the content. So it's a frequent thing. Okay. So that's all the preliminary stuff done out of the way, swept it under the rug. Let's get into the real content of this first episode which is titled How to Hack Fitness in College. So we're going to talk about either getting or staying fit in college. You might already be fit. You might already have a fitness routine. That's great. But you might have slid back a little bit and you're not doing as well as you should be. Or maybe you just have never really gotten into fitness at all. You spend a lot of your time sitting playing video games or doing homework or reading books or whatever, but you're not moving a whole lot. So let's get into how we can fix that. It's not the beginning of the year anymore. Uh, It's actually the day before the last day of January as I'm recording this right now. But since this is the first episode of the podcast, we can kind of go with this theme, starting new resolutions, starting over fresh, getting things going. Uh, The semester is only about three weeks old. So, you know, the ball's kind of gotten rolling, but we're still in the beginning stages. And I think getting fit is a great topic to start this off with. It's a common resolution. It's a common problem people have. So let's get into it. Now, someone told me a while back, and I can't remember who, so don't try to ask me who the quote source is, but someone told me the habits you develop between the ages of 20 to 23 with regards to fitness are likely to define how you live the rest of your life. Now think about that for just a second. The things you do while you're in college, your early 20s, are going to define how you live the rest of your life. Now, I know there are a lot of people out there who are in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, and even above who turn their lives around and get fit or make a giant change. You know, that's totally a possible thing. As humans, we have the ability to change whenever we choose. But we're also creatures of habit. And the habits that you form when you're young and when you don't have a whole lot of responsibilities and a whole lot of crap hanging over your head, a family, a job... taxes, mortgages, all that stuff you don't think you'll ever have to deal with, those habits that you form when you're in these formative years and you have the time to do them, they're probably going to be what sets the standard for the rest of your life. So in terms of fitness, it's probably a good idea to think about how you want to build your own fitness routine now so it can continue to work for you as you get older. So with that in mind, I want to talk about three points today with regards to getting fit in college. I want to talk about how to get started. Maybe you've already been doing the fitness thing for a long time. Maybe you haven't. But if you're listening to this and you're still with me, then obviously you've got some, you know, ideas of how you could make your own fitness routine and goals better than they currently are. All right, we're also going to talk about how to make it fun. I hate running. I hate going to the gym, you know. Going to the gym is fun sometimes, I'll be honest. But I hate running 
and I hate all the crap and bullshit they tell you you have to do to get fit. It's boring. It's not fun. So let's talk about some ways to make fitness fun. And lastly, we're going to talk about how to stay motivated. Even if you build some of those boring things into your routine, we're going to talk about some methods and strategies to stay motivated, kick yourself in the ass, and not fail in the middle of your routines and goals before you even achieve them. So let's get right into it. First out of the three points is just getting started. Okay, so one of my favorite blogs that I read all the time and subscribe to and invite into my email list is Mark Sisson's MarksDailyApple.com. It is absolutely my favorite fitness blog when it comes to the nutrition aspect of things. I have one other favorite when it comes to the fitness side, but nutrition, Mark's got my vote for number one. Um, one of the things he talks about is this sort of primal uh, this primal way of living, which is a whole program of you know things you eat, the way you move, the way you live. It's all based on how our ancestors from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago used to live you know, the way that the human body adapted to survive. And one of the things he talks about all the time is just how we need to move because we don't do it enough. You know, you know, he doesn't say you need to go bench press 10 times a week or need to go run. He just says move, you know, a lot of what the humans of thousands and thousands of years ago did was walk all day. They were nomadic. They had to follow the buffalo or follow whatever you know, whatever food source that moved along, they had to follow along with them. So they did a lot of walking and the human body, as a result, adapted to work best under those conditions day to day. However, we have sort of built up this system of technology and agriculture and all of this cool stuff that enables us to live very comfortably and it doesn't make us move a lot. So here in America, we sit. Um, think about your average day. What do you do in terms of not, you know, in terms of what you look at on the computer screen or the subjects you study, but what do you actually do? Think about your body's actions. Because if I think about my own actions, what I do is I wake up in the morning. Uh, you know, I kind of shuffle over to the kitchen and grab myself an apple or something, but then I sit on the bus and I ride the bus to school and it takes me three miles really quickly but I'm sitting and then I get to class and plop my ass in the chair again and I sit and then I ride the bus home sitting again and I come home and since I have so many goals and things I want to do and products I want to build and things I want to write, I have to sit in a chair. So what ends up happening is I spend most of my day sitting and not moving and I would bet there's a pretty good chance that you do basically the same thing. So if that's the case and you're looking to get fit and you don't want to think about programs or goals or whatever, the simplest thing you can do to make a change in your life for the better is to just start moving. I mean, just, you know, walk places. Now, the nice thing is since we're in college and most of us go to universities that are big and spread out and have classes in different buildings, we are kind of forced to walk places a lot, which is great. The problem is when you graduate if that's your only habit was being forced to walk to and from class, when you graduate and you get a job and you're spending eight hours in the same little area for most of us, that goes away because it wasn't really a habit. It was just what we were forced to do. So really pragmatic option. 
just start walking to school or ride your bike to school. If you live off campus, maybe you got a couple of miles to get to campus and you, you know, you can wake up a little bit earlier and walk to school or ride your bike. That's what I do when the weather is warm. I hop on my bike and I ride the three miles and it's great. So beyond just moving, you probably got some goals or at least a vision of what you'd like to look like or how you'd like to feel or what you'd like to be able to lift or whatever. You know, we all have an idealized version of our bodies that's probably not quite the same as what we are currently working with. So, the first big thing you need to do to getting into fitness or, you know, getting back into it if you already is already worked with this, to set goals, okay? You need to set good goals that aren't just, oh, I'll get fit or, oh, I'll, leave, I'll lose this fat off my belly. You know, you need to set a good goal you can actually achieve and that will keep you motivated. And there's a type of goal setting called the SMART goals. SMART's an acronym, and I've talked about this before in a couple of my posts with regards to other things, but SMART goals fit fitness perfectly. So let's go over the five points of a SMART goal. Uh, The first point is that it's specific. So like I said, just saying I want to get fit, that's not very specific. You know, you need to say, you know, I want to, I want to weigh 20 pounds less or something, or I want to be able to bench 300 pounds, something like that. Make it specific, make it measurable. It's kind of related to the specificity, but something you can measure. So like I said before, I want to be able to bench 300 pounds. That was my goal last semester, which I attained by the way, anyway. And I can actually say I've done it because it's easy to measure. I put 300 pounds of weight on the bar, push it up, bam, done. Okay, the A, attainable. A lot of people, when they get fit, only think about the very, very end of the road, where if you weigh 250 pounds right now, and you're 5'9", you say, oh, I better weigh 170. I need to lose 80 pounds. Is that attainable? Yes, but it's going to take a long time and a lot of motivation. And if that is your goal and the only goal in your mind, you're not going to be satisfied in the short term. So what you want to do is you want to set attainable goals that you can actually achieve in a short amount of time. So if your goal is weight loss or something, you could say, I want to be 10 pounds lighter by the end of the month or something. That is a lot more attainable than losing 70 pounds and thinking about that big number all the time. The fourth point, R, is relevant. Is this goal relevant to your life? So what do you do if you just see a movie and you know you're you're watching like a Sylvester Stallone movie or freaking like Rocky or something, and you're like, oh man, I want to be a champion boxer, and that's your goal. You know you can make it specific, you can make it measurable. You can join the Golden Gloves organization and say I want to win a fight. You can make it attainable, but is it relevant to your life? I mean, what are you probably going to be doing that is relevant to being a champion boxer? Probably not a lot. Now, if that is something that's truly truly important to you then go ahead and set it as a goal. But a lot of people get hung up on setting these goals that aren't exactly relevant to their lives. And let me give you a more realistic example. When I used to set goals with regards to fitness, I would set like 10 different goals at the same time. I want to have six-pack abs. I want to run a six-minute mile. I want to be able to squat 250. And I want to be able to make chicks just fall over when I walk into a bar. You know, all four things. That's not really relevant because all of these four goals are going to have different methods 
of achieving them. So I need to find one that is relevant to my current lifestyle and figure out how to achieve it. And then fourth, time bound. So if you are trying to set a goal and you don't give yourself a deadline, you're not going to do it. I want to bench 300 pounds sounds great, but if my deadline is before I die, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to get old and eventually the bar is just going to crush me and that's probably how I'm going to die. But that aside, if I say I want to bench 300 pounds by the end of November and it's August, I give myself four months to which I can create small mini goals in between to achieve and I'm keeping myself accountable because I have a schedule. This is why you do your homework, because it's due. And this is why you do your homework the night before it's due, because it's time-bound, and when you get down to a crunch and you don't have a whole lot of time, your brain is motivated and saying, come on, dude, get some shit done. And you don't do it when there's no time, so make them time-bound. Now, you've got your SMART goals probably in your head, and I'm not going to say that's great because that sucks. You know, Having a goal is great, but you need to write these goals down. Um, you know, I've heard a quote about Jim Carrey writing down his goal of being a millionaire on a napkin in a diner. And I don't know if it's true, but I can tell you from experience that writing your goals down makes them a lot more achievable. And I have some ways and systems for making goals even more achievable and more motivating than just by simply writing them down. But before you get into that cool stuff, just write your goals down, grab a piece of paper and write it down. You know, or even better, what I like to do is I like to put a whiteboard on the wall and write it down, which goes into my next point. Make sure you see your goals all the time. If you write your goals down and then you slide that piece of paper into your backpack or into a folder and you don't see it very often, then how is that goal going to remind you to take action? It's not. So what I do, I put the whiteboard on my wall along with the pictures of Pikachu and all the stupid things my friends write on that I just can't seem to get rid of. I put my goals because those are important to me and I want to see them all the time. So every time I come into my room, I see a bunch of things I want to get done for my website. Every time you come to your room, maybe you're going to see do 30 push-ups or something. That's right in your face. Put in your, your long-term goals, you know? And I'm going to talk about some more goal-setting methods in the motivation section of this podcast, but uh, that is the overview of setting goals. Okay, so... You've got your goals, but maybe you don't know where to start. And I think this is a common thing. You know, you can, I can just tell you to start moving and that's great. But now that you've got specific goals, how do you start if you don't know what to do? There is a lot of fitness information and a lot of it is bro science. A lot of it is contradictory to other stuff. It's just flying at you. And you probably turn on the TV and you'll see like 10 ads for ways to get fit. And the problem is everyone's got their own way of getting fit and probably 20% of those people want to make money off their way of getting fit. So they're just throwing information at you. So I'm going to give you two sources that I personally have used in my own fitness journey that have worked super well for me. Now the first is nerdfitness.com and nerd fitness is run by my good friend, Steve Cam, who's an amazing blogger. He's amazing at breaking down complex fitness topics and making them easy to digest. And he also associates them with nerdy things, which is part of the reason, probably the main reason that I was so attracted to his site when I discovered it, because as a geek myself, being a geek blogger and connecting college topics to nerdy shit, the nerd fitness idea is super attractive to me. And if you are a geek, which you probably are because you're listening to my podcast, 
then it's probably going to be a lot of content that will connect with you as well. Now, Steve has two, he's got more than, but two that I'm going to talk about. Two resources that can help you increase your fitness knowledge and get a good head start. One are his articles, just the main blog, and he has a ton of these articles. So start reading through his blog, pick some things that are interesting to you. In the sidebar, he's got some of his essential reads, most popular stuff. Click on that, do some research. But the second one, and probably the most important one, is the community. Steve has built an awesome movement around his site where you can go talk to tons of other people who are on all stages of their fitness journey and all stages and all levels of knowledge. And a lot of them will be able to help you out um, on the process of taking your goals and translating it into actionable items in a program. So check out nerdfitness.com. Amazing site. Can't recommend it more. The second one is bodybuilding.com, specifically the forums. Bodybuilding.com itself is a store that sells supplements Um, And I'm not really going to get into supplementation or anything about nutrition in this podcast. All I'll say right now is don't worry about supplements for now. But hit up the forums um, because there are some great information there. And I'm going to tell you a story about how I got into using these forums and how they helped me out. So when I was in high school, ninth grade, I did wrestling and I was in great shape. You know, every single day, 3 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. doing some hardcore training. The coach is sitting there eating a pizza Well, he tells us to, you know, bust our ass and work and won't even give us a drink of water. But I was in shape. You know, it was great. And then I got a job. I started working at the grocery store. Junior, senior year of college, I transferred to the bakery. And this was just the greatest decision of my life. And by that, I mean not the greatest decision. Because working in a bakery gives you access to cookies and bread and all sorts of amazingly tasty stuff. So every single day I'd go to work and I'd probably eat 10 cookies. And I also had a horrible habit of getting a Dairy Queen shake on my way from school to community college because I kind of did this community college thing. So anyway, fucking bad is all I'm going to say. And then freshman year of college, I did what most college students do, which is say, No parents, no rules, no problem. Energy drinks every single day. Heading over to the campus, you know, gas station store, getting all the crappy food, giant five-pound bag of gummy worms while we play Counter-Strike. It was awesome. I'm not going to lie. And for me, I don't necessarily get fat because my metabolism wasn't, wasn't like that. But the thing I deal with is the bad complexion stuff. So when I eat bad food, my complexion just is like dark side of the moon time. You know, not good. So this girl I really liked, uh, I was talking to her and she felt really bad, but she just had to tell me, you know, I'm sorry, but your complexion is making you unattractive to me. And I was like, holy crap. That was like the biggest wake up call ever. And, you know, she thinks what she said was mean, but, you know, I think what she said was like the turning point on my freshman year to getting me from that horribly unhealthy lifestyle to getting back into thinking about what. I could do to make myself more fit. So I dove into fitness again, you know, cleaned up my diet, started drinking like two gallons of water a day, eating nothing but salads with lots of meat and eggs in there. Good stuff. It was awesome. Lifting everything. And where did I get my information? Bodybuilding.com's forums. I joined up, started talking to people, asking for advice, looking at the giant resource posts that are sticky to the top of most of the forums. And I learned a ton and it was great. So hit up bodybuilding.com's forums as well as Nerd Fitness. Those are awesome resources and they're going to help you get on track. Um, but I will say, 
you know, resources, goals, moving, whatever. The most important thing, you know, listen to this. If you get nothing else out of this podcast, listen to this one tip. The most important thing is that you just do get started. You know, you can sit here and research things all day. You can listen to all the podcasts you want. You can set all the goals you want, but that's all done in the chair. Really counts is the fact that you get out of that chair and you get your ass moving. Do get started. I have a challenge for you at the end of this podcast, so keep listening if you want some extra motivation or keep listening if you like the sound of my voice. Let's go into the next section. How to make fitness fun. Now, I'm going to be not the first person to say that the typical way of getting fit sucks. You know, getting fit is not all about running five miles a day or hitting the gym three times a week, going through some lifting motions that your gym teacher taught you five years ago. You know, a lot of people think it is, but that's not all there is to it. Does that stuff work? Hell yeah, it does. It's great. You know, we know what it takes to get fit and we know the most efficient movements, but maybe that stuff's boring to you. And if it's boring to you, you're not going to do it. And if you're not going to do it, all that efficient stuff isn't going to do shit for you. So, you know, running's boring to me. I don't do it very much. So let's talk about some fun ways to get fit. All right, let's do it. Now you are on a college campus, I assume. Maybe some of you are online students. Maybe some of you are going to community colleges that have a really small campus or something. Maybe some of you are not even college and just think that I'm a badass and you're going to listen to my podcast. And if that's you, thank you so much. You're not actually part of my, you're not really part of my audience, but you know, you realize that there's some great content to get from this. And for that, I thank you. But I'm assuming that most of the people listening to this, most of the people on my site are at a big college campus. So there's a good chance that you got some intramural sports clubs that you can join. And there's probably a crap ton of them at your school. I can tell you at my school, we probably have over 50 intramural sports that you can join from basketball to volleyball to, you know, running to whatever. And my favorite one, the coolest one we have at Iowa State is broomball where a bunch of crazy kids will get up at 2 a.m. in the morning, head over to the ice rink and basically play hockey wearing tennis shoes and using brooms instead of hockey sticks. It's a pretty awesome game. And if you're part of Iowa State University, it's kind of one of those things you can't miss. But your campus, whether it has that or not, it's probably got a lot of activities to offer. And if you don't think you're good at a sport or you don't think it's for you, you haven't tried it. So give it a shot. You know, nothing is out of your reach and nothing is like not your thing until you try it. So give it a try. Now let's move on to your campus gym. You know, aside from intramural sports and organized activities, you've also probably got a pretty darn good fitness center sitting smack dab somewhere on your campus. How many times have you entered it? I can't say, but I'm going to tell you to do it more. Your campus gym probably has the standard stuff like a track, either outdoor or indoor, Plenty of lifting machines, plenty of weights, plenty of jacked up guys who probably just got back from the bar and are doing some guilt workouts. That's great. But it's probably got some other stuff that's more interesting, like a swimming pool. My campus has three of them. I'm probably not in them enough, but they're great. You might have racquetball courts, uh, maybe a climbing wall. And I will say as an aside, it's uh, really fun and actually useful to go take a climbing wall class to get your ballet certification so then you can bring a friend and don't have to worry about you know getting an employee there to help you climb which is great and then ice skating Uh, i say ice skating because that's the thing that me and my friends have started doing this semester 
And I honestly didn't think I'd be very good because last time I ice skated was like when I was six and I fell on my ass all the time. But actually not too bad, you know. I'm not going to be in the Olympics anytime soon, but it's really fun. Got to go fast, that kind of thing. So get involved. Do it. Um, you know, if the campus gym isn't the thing for you, then simply go out and play. You are not too old for this. And you are not too cool to go out and play. You're probably not even cool. I'm not cool. I mean, I have a giant poster of Mega Man right on my wall, and I play Pokemon all the time. I mean, on second thought, I am pretty cool. But no matter. Get outside. Get your friends. Go play. Do something cool. All right. Now, since this is College Info Geek, and I'm a geek, I'm a freaking huge geek, and you're probably a geek, let's talk about video games. Because I love to play them, and you love to play them. Since we're all geeks, let's talk about video games. Yeah. My favorite video game of all time, but also in the kind of the fitness world, is Dance Dance Revolution. And if you haven't heard of it, you probably live under a rock, but if you haven't heard of it, it's just this game with a square panel four arrows in all four directions and arrows come up on the screen kind of like the opposite of guitar hero and you step when it hits the top pretty simple you look pretty silly when you do it but i've been doing it for years and i'm absolutely addicted still doing it so if you're a longtime reader of the blog you probably already know this and you probably make fun of me all the time um if you are interested in doing ddr i will tell you that you will suck when you start Unless you're like a crazy guitar hero pro or something, you'll probably suck. It takes a few months to get good. But once you do get good, playing DDR is an amazing workout. Now, playing is, at any skill level, is a good workout. I remember back when I was on even light mode, I would get super sweaty. And playing DDR through middle school actually helped me lose a good amount of weight. But when you get to the expert levels and the arrows are flying up like it's, you know, crazy... That's a really awesome workout. It's like a one and a half minute sprint. Most of the song links in the game are about one and a half to two minutes. And the harder stuff is, it's like a sprint. It's great. Um, so if you are interested in that, you can find the locations of machines in your area by going to ddrfreak.com slash locations slash locations.php. And they have a pretty good updated list of all the machine locations. So if you're in a big enough area it's a good chance that there's a machine close enough to you. I can't say how good a condition it's been. It's going to be in, but there's probably something close. Now, the sad thing is uh, the DDR community has kind of died. Uh, I think it had its heyday in between like 2000, 2006, 2007 is when it was really big and everyone was into it. And now stuff like Just Dance and whatever has come out or stuff like Sit on the Couch and I Don't Care About Fitness has come out. So it kind of died. And there's hardly anyone ever at the arcades playing them. I mean, arcades have kind of died in America. It sucks. I know. I've been to Japan. The arcades are great there. Mm -hmm. The fact that arcades have died in America sucks. So, if you don't have anything in your area at an arcade, your other option is to buy your own pad, which I've done, and it works great. Uh, if you go on Amazon, you can look up the PS2 USB Energy HD pad, which is probably the best thing they sell these days. There used to be some amazing pads you could buy that were even like made of metal, but now all the metal ones suck. So I would recommend that one, the Energy HD with the one inch of foam. That's great. And then you can mod it. So what I did was I got a big sheet of plywood that's uh, about the same dimensions as the pad, but with one inch of padding on each side. And then I bought a bunch of Gorilla Tape and just taped that sucker down to it. So now I have this really 
heavy thing pad that just doesn't move. Uh, pro tip, if you live anywhere other than the first floor of your building, don't do this because it amplifies the force on the ground. And if you live on a second floor, you're going to be murdered by your neighbor. You know, disclaimer, just right there. Anyway, if you have a PS2, there's a lot of DDR games you can buy. Any GameStop or game shop that you have nearby is probably going to be selling them for pretty cheap because, like I said, the community died. Or... If you have a way to hook your TV up to your computer, you can download this cool little program called Stepmania, which is like a DDR simulator and supports what's called sim files, which are just basically any song that somebody has made a step chart for. So um, you can find popular music, you can find just any kind of music really, and load it into the program. Check out stepmania.com or stepmania.org. I think it'll be in the show notes if you're interested. You can find sim files. And the best place to find sim files is zeniusibanisher.com. I will also link to that in the show notes. So if any of you have not fallen asleep from this part of the podcast because you don't care about DDR, that'll be there for you. Also, you can just ask me. Okay, for the boring stuff. So say part of your goals involve getting to the gym three times a week and lifting some weights or running because you just want to be able to run a mile in six minutes like me. Yeah, be a badass. Well, how do you make that not boring? My main way is just to listen to music or podcasts. So if you get, if you have like an iPhone or a smartphone, then you can buy an uh, armband for them, which will put the phone right in your arm and makes it really easy to use it while you're working out. Um, like I said, I love to listen to podcasts and I also love to listen to audiobooks. I'm subscribed to audible.com and I can get one audio, one free audiobook a month, well, not free, but I guess one audiobook download a month, which keeps me going because it takes my mind off the fact that I'm doing something really boring and tiring. Uh, right now I'm reading a book called Ready Player One, which is amazing and I would definitely recommend it. They have a great audiobook version. Uh, I would also recommend the audiobook versions for Ender's Game and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, both of which are my favorite books of all time and have great audiobook editions. So if you're into audiobooks and you want to run with a book, get those too. Also, just work out with friends. Working out by yourself, it's kind of boring, but if you bring a friend and you know they're there to motivate you and you're there to motivate them and you can talk while you're working out, that's great. Whatever you do, try to make your fitness routine include some fun because, like I said, if you get bored, you're not going to stick with it. All right, speaking of sticking with it, let's head into our third section, how to stay motivated. Now, this is a little different from making it fun because I just want to talk about some ways to keep you motivated to work towards your goals, no matter how fun they may be. Okay, so I talked about some specific, more in-depth ways of setting goals rather than just writing them down before, and I'm going to talk about my absolute favorite one, which I'm currently using right now and has been incredibly effective, amazingly effective, and I can't even believe how well it works. It's called Pick 4. Now, Pick 4 is adapted from a program that Zig Ziglar used to use, and if you don't know who Zig Ziglar was, he was a motivational speaker, uh, management consultant guy who used to release all these motivational business tapes that crazy people listen to in their car and eventually annoy their friends with. But he's a great guy, and he's done a lot to motivate a lot of people. Now, Seth Godin, who was another awesome motivational business writer guy, adapted Zig's methods into this book called Pick 4. And basically, the goal or the whole idea behind it is that you pick four goals for a 12-week period, 
and you absolutely commit to them. And this book is just full of a bunch of kind of blank pages where every single day of each week during the weekdays, you write down all four goals and you write down exactly what you did to pursue those goals every day. And if you did nothing for a goal on a certain day, you write nothing in big, bold capital letters. And then at the bottom for each goal, there is a section that says, is this enough? Yes or no. So you circle yes or no. And the amazing thing is after you fill out a couple weeks worth, you've got this book that's got a good amount of content that you wrote, filled in, and you don't want to let that go to waste. So every single day, I look at this book and I look at the progress I've made since the beginning. And I know that if I do nothing, I'm basically going to kind of break that streak. So every day I make sure to work on them. And I guess for purposes of, you know, full understanding, I'll tell you what my four goals are right now. I'm on the second day of week three. My goals are learning Japanese, building an iPhone app. Don't tell anybody, but, uh, also working on projects for the blog. I have a long list of projects, so that's just kind of wrapped up in the one goal. And then my other goal is just beating video games or reading books because whenever I am not doing anything, I tend to just sit in the living room and do nothing and watch my friends play video games instead of do my own thing. So you'll notice that fitness is not on my list of goals, and that's because I have another way of keeping myself accountable to my fitness routine. But if you don't, it's a great way. You can go on Amazon. You can look up Pick 4. They come in four packs. So get with your friends and you know split the cost. And that way you can also keep yourselves accountable and make that one of your goals if it's important to you. And you'll find that if it's not important enough to you as you go on, you'll stop writing in that book. But hopefully staying fit is important to you because if you don't, you die sooner. So yeah. Um, now I mentioned a way that I stay accountable, which makes it so I don't have to make a goal in my pick four book. And that is taking a fitness class. That's right. If you look through your class catalog, when you go to sign up for classes, you'll probably find a section called like kinesiology or fitness or something where you can sign up for a workout class. This semester I'm signed up for two in a row. So Mondays and Wednesdays from 8am to 10pm, I'm in the gym working out. And if I don't show up, I get an F on my grades. So I think that's pretty good motivation to show up and work out, you know, and if you really are in need of motivation, and you can't seem to motivate yourself. You don't have friends that'll do it for you. Take the class because I'm pretty sure you don't want to deal with an F. You're paying a lot of money for this or maybe not, but you probably are staying accountable. If you don't take class, then how about get hitting up your friends for some motivation? Maybe set up a workout time with friends. So everyone has to go. Everyone has to get their butts to the gym and work out you could even do the pick four method with your friends as i mentioned before so everyone knows what their goals are and everyone has the motivation to do them both from the pick four system and from the accountability of being made fun of by your friends if you don't work out now another way to stay motivated is just to inundate yourself with positive influences and you know this is a great way to keep your own natural motivation high without just a system, just motivate yourself through good influences. For instance, one of my favorite movies to watch when I'm starting a new fitness program is Rocky because that movie's just super motivating to me, the journey he goes on and, you know, the amazing accomplishment he almost makes. So Rocky's great for me. Also, get some good pump-up music. Um, I will be coming out with an awesome pump-up playlist on Spotify pretty soon, but I'm sure you can find some of your own. 
the one that pops into my head right now is the song My Body by Young the Giant, which is just an amazing song to get me in the mood for pushing myself harder. And actually, Steve Cam, the founder of Nerd Fitness, used this song and as the background music to one of his best videos ever called Exercising Around the World, which is just a video of him doing jumping jacks and push-ups and running in like thousands, not thousands, but dozens of locales all around the world from his travels. And it's one of my favorite videos, if not my favorite video on YouTube of all time. So I actually recommend, really, really highly recommend going and checking out that video. It's called Exercising Around the World on YouTube from Nerd Fitness. And then uh, there's a lot of websites that can also help you get motivated, but the only one I'm going to mention here is the Get Motivated subreddit on reddit.com. So a lot of people post motivational posters and stories about the successes they've had, and just going through that and reading and getting in the community will help you get your own motivation up. So check out reddit.com slash r slash get motivated. And lastly, another way to stay motivated is just tracking your progress. Keeping statistics of what you've done helps you establish a streak. You know, a streak of, you know, every day I've done this, X is on the calendar, and when you've got a good streak going, you don't want to break it because you can see that you've made so much progress over the past few days, a few weeks, and if you break it, all that work has just kind of gone to waste. So you don't want to break that streak. And my favorite way to track stats, as there are so many ways to do it online these days, is a website called Fitocracy. Now, Fitocracy is a fitness tracking website, but it's different from all other fitness tracking websites in that it's like a video game. So we're all geeks here, and we all like video games, I'm sure. So that is why I think Fitocracy is the best one, and I am absolutely addicted to this thing. So when you sign up for an account, you make a profile, and then you track the exercises you do. And the cool thing is every exercise you do, every rep you do of every exercise, every mile you run, everything you lift, gives you points. Um, I will say that doing powerlifting exercises like deadlift, squat, bench are the things that net the most points on the website, and also a lot of uh, cardio will also do it too. But everything you do will give you points. And when you get enough points, you level up. So it's kind of like a fitness RPG almost where you get start building levels and you can show off what level you're at. The site also has leaderboards for the past 30 days, past year, all time. And you can see where you stack up according to everyone else on the site. Currently, I'm around the 6,000 mark. I was around 5,700 a few months ago, but I got a little bit lazy last semester, so I've kind of slipped a few places, but I'm working on getting back. And my goal right now is to get to place number 5,000, and uh, we'll go from there. There's also challenges that you can do. So if you got a friend on the site that's also using it, you can issue a challenge, like say who can get the most points in a week, or who can do the most pull-ups or most reps of push-ups in a week or a month or whatever. And then it'll publicly display who won the challenge. So another great way to make get motivated. And the last awesome feature of the site is the quest feature where it will give you specific quests of things to do and mm-hmm. award you extra points for doing them. So like, you know, do a 20 rep squat at, at like half your body weight or run a mile in eight minutes, you know, ride your bike Uh, 25 miles or something like that and as you do these quests a lot of them will upgrade to the next version of the quest which is even harder so if you run a mile in eight minutes it'll challenge you to do it in seven six five four onward um the best one i have achieved was the six minute mile this summer which was absolutely crazy to me that i was able to do and i don't think i'll ever get to the five one but still a great achievement and you feel really good when you accomplish a quest so if you're on the site try out the quest feature it's it's pretty awesome So if you want to join the site, 
you can just go to fidocracy.com or sign and sign up. Or if you want to instantly get connected with me and you know get some motivation, then I've set up a shortcut link. So if you go to collegeinfogeek.com slash go slash fidocracy, that's F-I-T-O-C-R-A-C-Y, then it'll redirect you to the homepage, it'll sign up, but then you'll also be connected to me instantly. And I also have a group set up on the site. If you search for the group College Info Geeks, you can join that. I issue challenges for the whole group on there and you know just try to keep people motivated. So if you want to be part of that community, you feel free to join. All right, so here is my challenge for you that I mentioned at the be in the middle of the podcast. My challenge is on the Fitocracy group, so please join it. Please get up and Basically, I just want to see who can get the most points from now until the end of February. So if you are ready to get started with your fitness or keep it going, you know, keep that streak strong, get in the group, start tracking your exercises, and if you're one of the top 10 people, you'll be placed on the podium at the end. All the robots will stop screaming at you, whatever. Get in the challenge. Okay, so that's all the content that I have planned for this podcast. Hopefully it was helpful to you. Uh, I will leave you with one quote by my crazy cowboy friend, Cactus Jack. What he says is, thought determines what you want, but action determines what you get. And that's what I live by. You know, everything that happens in your life is 90% determined by what you do. Not what you want, not what you write down in a book, but what you actually go out and get done. So go out and get it done. That's it for the first podcast. If you like this, I would love it if you go and leave me a review in iTunes. Four four star, five star, one star. Tell me you hate me, whatever. Just go give me some feedback because this is my first time doing this and I'd love to uh, hear what you think. And if you have a friend who would find this podcast useful, send him a link to it. I'd love that as well. If you have any questions or feedback or hate mail or whatever, feel free to tweet me. I'm Tom Frankly on Twitter or email me on the contact page on my website. I will get back to you. Thanks for listening. Keep your eyes peeled for the next episode and have an awesome day.